Welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. The crossroads where culture, lifestyle, and community meet. All hosted by the legendary New York radio TV personality and proud Harlem American, G. Keith Alexander. Welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. And wherever you are, I appreciate you for joining our neighborhood as we hang out together in Harlem, America. Today in the What's Hot Spotlight is Janelle Proko. Janelle is president and chief executive officer of the Apollo Theater, a member of the Apollo Board of Trustees. Portfolio Magazine called her one of the 73 biggest brains in the business, profiled in Ebony Magazine, and honored by the New York Daily News as one of the 100 women who shape our city. So it is my distinct honor and pleasure to say that Janelle Procope is what's hot. How are you? I'm great, Keith. It's so nice to be here. Um, I have to tell you, I am so impressed with um, what you're doing with Harlem America. It's exactly what we needed. And I do a lot of these conversations, but I never get to talk to somebody who is a friend. So I feel comfortable. I'm, I'm excited to do this. <laughs> that is so great of you to say that. Of course, yeah. you, you were one of the first people I told about my vision for Harlem America. We were having lunch one day right. and I, to right. I told you about it. And that was before it had even been, you know, constructed, so to speak. And uh, so I'm so happy to have you witness <laughs> what I told you I was going to do. Well, you are self-actualized. This is incredible. Love well, thank it. Thank you. Thank you so very, very much. So it, it's so nice to have you here because, you know, like you said, we're, we're friends and we've known each other for a long time. In fact, uh, I, in fact, if, if I tell our, if I tell our audience that we used to live together, what would you say? <laughs> I would say you better elaborate so they can understand <laughs> what you mean when you say that. We, okay. shared, we had a share in a house in the Hamptons with a, a, a number of other fun people. And I have fond memories of that. That was really uh, in your little, uh, was it a triumph? Uh, you know, a triumph? What did I have at the time? Oh, no, I, I had a, uh, a, a two-seater Mercedes, uh, okay. the, oh, okay. the drop top. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But, but I, did own, I did own a triumph once. I'm, I'm surprised right. you even know about that type yeah. of car. I did own one of those. I used to see you zipping around on the west side. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. Oh, I didn't know. I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea. But th but but this is so great to uh, to sit down with you because you know I've always, aside from you being a friend, I've always admired your leadership and your strength uh, over there at the Apollo. Uh, having, you know, started in two thousand three, uh, you 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 took over the reins. But I remember, I was going to. I think Chicago, and you were going. You were coming back to New York, and we we met each other in the airport in St. Louis. And I and I think you had been working at um, what's the big law firm? Skadden uh, Arps. Skadden Arps, yes. Right. And you wanted a change of uh, uh, a career, so to speak. And and we spoke for for a few minutes, and then uh, here and here you are. So here I am. You, you know. Fantastic, beautiful. So why don't we take the Wayback Machine? Okay. And you tell me what it was like growing up 
as Janelle? Well, I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia. I'm a Philly girl. And I really have fond memories of um, my formative years there. I, I really had a good time as a, as a kid. My mother was a school teacher and my father was um, a hospital administrator. And um, as a matter of fact, we moved from Baltimore where he was running um, the black hospital there. And that's where I was born. And we moved to Philadelphia because they had built a new black hospital there. And so Mercy Douglas. So we, you know, we moved when I was about six years old mm -hmm. and um, I had a great, um, a great childhood. And like, I think many black families, you know, we, I went to, um, you know, predominantly white schools, but we self-segregated, you know, there was always this black enclave and um, we socialized with other black people and we had a life that was very similar to our white counterparts. So I don't think at that time I was keenly aware of, um, you know, the dichotomy between um, black and white, even though I was living it. Mm -hmm. And then um, I used to spend summers in New York City because my father had two grown kids by a previous ma uh, marriage and my brother, John Procope um, and his wife, Ernesta, were in New York. John actually was the publisher of the Amsterdam News. Right. And Ernesta had um, an insurance brokerage agency, which started in, in Bedford-Stuyvesant in Brooklyn and then went to Wall Street. But I used to work in that business every summer. So New York um, really was like a second home. And that's really where I fell in love with it. And I would say that they had a profound impact on um, my racial consciousness and um, my political um, sense, as well as, um, you know, just my aspirations. And so I think it was there and working in that business that made me decide that ultimately I would like to uh, go to law school. But, but the interesting thing was the Amsterdam news offices are still around the corner from the Apollo. Right. So you know, in every city, in every urban city, there was an Apollo. Um, you know, in New York, it was the Uptown Theater. And I was not allowed to go to the Uptown Theater when I was like in my early teens. So when I would come to New York, um, I got to go to the Apollo and, and I'm a child of the 60s. So that was when the Apollo had, you know, the, the Motown review and the idea of seeing those acts live was just amazing. It was exhilarating, um, you know, to think that there was that much talent there, you know, right there on the right. stage. So anyway, <laughs> so I have great memories and that's how I got the New York bug. bug. Wow. Well, okay, so, all right, you come to New York um, and then uh, what happens when you get to New York? What, what? Okay. I came to New York. Um, um, and I, I actually, I went to St. John's law school and I went to school here in New York and, um, you know, got, got, uh, worked for a summer at Skadden Arps and then went there when I graduated and, um, you know, it was thrilling. It was, you know, the idea to be with a, a large firm. And at that time, 
they were a real, um, you know, they were white shoe law firms, you know, the Cravaths and the, um, you know, Debevoys and, and Simpson, that, uh, those firms. But, mm -hmm. but I think at that time, Skadden was more of a, ma a, a maverick and they were, um, you know, sort of Skadden and Wattel Lipton were uh, the firms that were doing uh, deals like tender offers, takeovers of companies. And at that time, that wasn't considered the gentlemanly way to um, <laughs> combine with a company. So they really um, were at the forefront of that movement and corporate securities practice. And so um, it was just really interesting to, to, to be a part of that, even though uh, I was a, a, a little associate attorney, you know, just working as part of a team. But I have to say, I only stayed there for three and a half years. I mean, it was uh, really, uh, you know, it helped me to hone my skills and it really was a grind. Everybody was working around the clock. That's just what you did. And um, I realized it really wasn't the life I wanted. And I realized I wasn't passionate about that practice. And I always was interested in um, entertainment and the creative, um, you know, sort of industry and being around creatives. So I made the transition and I actually went in in-house uh, at Viacom, which wasn't Viacom that we know today. But that's when I made that transition and I continued uh, working in, in the field and I'm, I'm, I'm doing the disco version of, of what was going on in New York for me. But uh, go ahead. Um, I, I began to um, work um, in the music uh, industry and I, for a time, was at Blackground Records, which um, was a company that had Aaliyah and a number of other producers that, um, you know, are now like Swizz Beats and a, a lot of interesting young talent. And that at, was at that time that I was tapped to be on the board of the Apollo Theater. The, oh. the theater, the theater, and I was, you know, that was just serendipitous. Um, the theater has had many different iterations. Um, you know, which I think a lot of your listeners probably know. And at that time, which was um, 2000, the theater was undergoing another transition. It had had some problems and um, Dick Parsons, who at the time was the uh, CEO of Time Warner was asked to come in and um, join the board. And he decided to, and help to, stabilize the, um, the theater, the organization, and um, to build the board. And so he brought a cohort of people onto the board with him. And I was one of the people he asked to join. I had no idea, I mean, I was thrilled. The idea of sitting on a board of an iconic uh, organization and theater like the Apollo was, um, you know, just incredible to me. Mm -hmm. So, I joined the board and um, at that time, it really was a turnaround situation. I mean, if you drove down 125th street, uh, the theater was boarded up. It had scaffolding. And I if you didn't that. know any, you didn't know better, you would think it was, it was dark. There was nothing happening. There really wasn't any programming. The only thing that they really had 
aside from you know some rentals was uh, amateur night, which uh, has been going on since 1934, since the Apollo opened its doors. Um, and just as an aside, you know, amateur night is the longest running talent show. You know, you, we've got American Idol and you know all of those shows, um, but we were the um, the original. So anyway, um, you, so wait, three, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, go on. Folks, you hear that? The Apollo Theater, the original amateur night. Okay, all right. Continue, and it's please. still going on every Wednesday night. Um, you know, at, we had at seven o'clock. Was it seven o'clock? Seven thirty. Seven thirty. It. Um, we had, you know, it went on hiatus, of course, during COVID. But we started back, and it was we were down for two years. I mean, you and I were just talking about that. I, it's yeah. incredible to believe that, you know, nothing was going on for two years, and so we started it back up in February, and um, and Nick Cannon hosted um, for our first uh, amateur night in two years, and it's great. And so, you know, we're back up, and so Fantastic. I'm I'm really, yeah. So. Um, so three years into uh, this work of um, focusing on, uh, you know, really trying to turn the organization around and stabilizing it, um, Dick asked me to breakfast. And, um, you know, I didn't think anything of it because I had been working closely with him. I had been the chair of the nominating and governance committee. And so I thought we were going to talk about, uh, you know, board work. And he asked me, would I consider coming in to run the theater? Which by the way, completely, I've told this story so many times, but it's, it's so true and it was a turning point for me. Um, it completely blew my mind because um, look, I had never, I never ran anything. I mean, I've supervised people, <laughs> but not, you know, run something. And, um, and I thought, you know, I don't know how to run a theater. I don't have any background in it. Although we had hired um, an executive director while I was on the board. So there was someone in place who understand, who understood all of that. Mm -hmm. And I, frankly, I was, it, it freaked me out. It scared me, but of course I didn't let him know that, you know, <laughs> I, I said the, uh, the things that you say when someone, you know, like I'm honored, this is great, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, let me think about it. And then I came home and just, you know, I'm, I'm married. So I talked to my, I said, Oh my God, I can't do this. And he's, he's like really ruined, ruined it for me because if I say no, I'll look really stupid and I'll have to get off the board. So my husband is my husband Fred is um you know my 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 partner and um he's been such a supporter so he um sort of said to me you know what that's the perfect job for you you know it it combines the elements of all the things that you have done um and that you like doing and my and my good girlfriends said the same thing so um that's how I ended up in this role. You know, this is my 20th year. This Jeez, is, and crackers. I know, I know, I know. 20 years. Yeah. Incredible. I, I want to give a shout out to uh, Fred, though. Fred and I took the Apollo stage uh, together, along with a bunch of other people when, um, oh, what's the comedian's name? Uh, he has the, the show. Uh, when, when, when he 
came to Harlem to do his skits. Uh, what, what was the, he has a talk show, late night talk show, red hair. Oh, uh, um, um, Conan O'Brien. Conan, yeah, Conan right, did right. his show in the Apollo for two or three years. Um, and what I loved about him when he did it was he really, he didn't just come in and do the show and leave. He really got into the community he did. Um, yeah. so that people had a, had a, a taste of Harlem and what it was like and the significance of being on the Apollo stage and broadcasting it from there. So you're right. Yes. So, all right. So now you, 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 you are now the uh, chief of a uh, hundred people or so uh, working at the the Apollo, the the uh, production crew, which is, I mean, uh, the Apollo has the only all black production crew in the city. And that's significant because um, black, the, the, the black production um, community is not able to have access to many of the um, theaters downtown. And those jobs um, actually pay well, they are good jobs. And so the Apollo um, really was a place of opportunity for them to get their union cards. Um, and hopefully, I know that a number of our guys work um, downtown, which, you know, is right, but, you know, they get closed out as we, we as black people do, um, you know, in so many respects, but um, I, I think it's really um, important to be able to provide that opportunity. And we have had um, a young producers club in our education program that um, allows these young people to work with our crew so they can learn some of these different traits. And just- just, um, you know, the Apollo has always been a place of opportunity. I mean, when it opened, yeah, go on, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, may we just take a break and we come yeah. back and talk about the opportunity. Ladies sure. and gentlemen, we're with Ms. Janelle Proko, president and CEO of the world famous Apollo Theater. And uh, you're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. Don't forget to download us to your phone or download us to your computer. I mean, uh, well, computer too, but also to your TV. You can download us on your TV. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Thank you. Harlem, America. It's about Harlem. Harlem is my town. Carver Bank, where 80% of every dollar is reinvested in the community. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not not for the faint of heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. Harlem America, where Coca-Cola is helping you enjoy less sugar. 
The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Oh, Kevin, you forgot to tell them that they can go to harlemamerica.com and see some of the wonderful articles that we have about our rich culture and about Harlem and so forth and so on. But right now we have, I mean, this lady is, I mean, like the Apollo Theater is one of the jewels in the crown, okay? So this lady is wearing the crown. Her name is Janelle Prokop. She's my guest today. And Janelle, you were talking about the opportunity that the Apollo Theater provides. Please let us uh, in on more of what you had to say. Yeah. Well, we were talking about, when we we're talking about opportunity, um, the um, importance, the significance of um, the technical crew being able to work at the Apollo. But when we opened our doors in 1934, that's what it was all about. It has always been a place of opportunity. And this, it's very significant because um, it was one of the first non-segregated theaters back in 1934, allowing um, you know people of color in the audience, not just on the stage. But the other thing that um, you know it launched the careers of so many people. I mean, um, you, you have listeners who are very young, so they may not understand the significance of you know, Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughn, um, you know, Billy Eckstein, all the greats, all the people, and then on up into, you know, the 70s um, with, you know, Stevie Wonder, uh, the Jackson Five, um, D'Angelo, her. I mean, they've all been on the Apollo, but if you think about um, the artists who are, we call, we've referred to as legends now, they weren't legends when they, um, you know, graced the stage. They just really wanted an opportunity to perform and hone their craft. And so the ability to perform on our stage provided that opportunity and they became legends. So fast forward when people say, okay, who's, who's, who's performing at the Apollo now? You know, I have to remind them, we continue, that is part of our, uh, legacy and part of our mission to provide these opportunities. And so we take it very seriously. So we continue to um, provide opportunities for emerging artists or artists who are mid-career who kind of want to try something new. And so when I think of the Apollo uh, in the 21st century and what's significant about uh, the Apollo and the Apollo brand, it is um, the, 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 the philosophy that we have um, to not to be transactional, in other words, not one-offs, but to actually have a relationship with the artists so that they can have the opportunity to 
maybe, um, you know, in theater, if they want to work on something, they can workshop it at the, at the Apollo and maybe it'll go someplace else and maybe it'll come back to the Apollo. And so in doing this, um, we're really creating a 21st century uh, canon of uh, performing artists, uh, um, you know, who are focused on the African-American narrative. We think that's really important. So um, we have a master artist uh, re uh, program, master artist residen residency program. And our first master artist um, is Ta-Nehisi Coates. And so um, what this has meant is we have done a variety of um, projects with him. The, the beginning, the one that, that we're so proud of is the stage adaptation of, um, you know, Between the World and Me, you know, his, his novel, his, his, his uh, really love letter to his son about, you know, what it's like to be black in America. And our executive producer, Camila Forbes, did an extraordinary job in sure bringing, that, bringing that to the stage. I mean, it was amazing. And so the idea was to tour it. And, you know, it went to the Kennedy Center in Washington and it went to Atlanta, uh, to the Fox, and then COVID hit. So um, we pivoted and HBO has been a great partner uh, with the Apollo and they, they were very interested in doing the film of it. So Camila went in and directed um, the film adaptation mm -hmm. of it, which ran on HBO. And I think you can still see it, which was different from the stage, obviously, but quite remarkable. So Tanahasi has done, you know, he, 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 he was a writer for um, uh, Marvel. And so when Black Panther came out, you know, he did a conversation with, um, um, you know, Lupita and, and uh, Chad Bozeman, uh, you know, rest in peace. Um, and that was incredible. And then um, he's done, you know, he's done a conversation with Oprah on the Apollo stage, uh, you know, and on the 30th, and people can go on the Apollo website. Um, and we have a conversation between ta and Black Thought who is um, Black Thought was in the stage adaptation of Between the World and Me, but, um, you know, and he's the, the, the gentleman who's part of the Roots band and mm -hmm. he's incredible. So this conversation should be, uh, Tariq, should be really interesting. Um, another, uh, our new uh, artist in residence who will be starting uh, shortly is uh, Kamasi Washington, who is an incredible musician. And he works in, uh, you know, it's a multidisciplinary practice. So it's not just listening to him play um, the saxophone, but he, he's, you know, he's interested in film and um, multimedia. So that mm -hmm. should be interesting. Um, I'm kind of, uh, th there, there are a couple of other things. Uh, another um, example of a relationship with an artist is the um, African artist Somi who actually, um, there is a play called Dreaming Zinzili, which is, um, you know, recounts the life of Marion Makiba. And so Somi recorded an album um, that she is going to, um, uh, she's going to sing a number of the, the works from that um, at the Apollo on the 19th. 
and she's going to be with Diane Reeves. And um, yeah, it's going to be amazing, an amazing show. And um, I'll have to come back around because I don't want to miss from now, but other African artists who are amazing. So I think that show will be great. This is just a flavor of, um, you know, some of the things that are going on presently. And it's important to me to um, really underscore the what we're trying to do going forward as we look to the future. Um, you know, we really want to establish relationships with these young artists who uh, across disciplines um, who may not have the opportunity to push the envelope and do work that they are passionate about. Um, and when you think about the Apollo brand and our legacy, you know, people think about it, um, you know, in the context of, um, you know, a concert venue. And we, and, and so while that's true, uh, or they think about it when they think about um, uh, Showtime at the Apollo, it's not, that's only one small um, piece of the total Apollo pie, if you will, we, our vision is to be a performing arts center. And with the, um, the new Victoria space, which will be coming online, uh, which will provide us the opportunity to work with two smaller spaces, a 99 and a 199 seat uh, space, two theaters. It is going to provide us uh, the opportunity to do to be more expansive in our programming and to be a true performing arts center. Um, anyway, I'll stop there. <laughs> well, no, that was great. You, you were giving us okay, the history of yeah, right, what was right, going right. on. But, but I, 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 I just want to blow my own horn for a second because you okay. mentioned opportunity. And if anyone, uh, if you go to harlemamerica.com and read, it, read my love letter to Harlem, uh, it, it, you'll, you'll read how the Apollo Theater gave me opportunity when, when I was just starting out in the business, did not know, you know, uh, uh, anything about the business. Uh, I was tapped by uh, Bobby Schiffman, who's, who, who was the son of the owner of the Apollo Theater, to uh, be the MC at the Apollo for the Temptations and Spinner Show, which I had never been an MC before. I'd never even been on stage uh, uh, at a professional place before. And, and that's where my opportunity started. The Apollo Theater gave, introduced me to the, the, to the community because at that time we were doing like 10 shows a week, uh, you know, at, at the Apollo. And, and, and then uh, the Amsterdam News, uh, your, your brother, John Prokop, uh, I think he may have been the, the publisher at that time. They gave me my first uh, headshot, my, my first publicity <laughs> headshot with a caption underneath. And then WBLS gave me my first uh, radio job. So that's why Harlem America is so important to me because right. I've got, I, 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 I am who I am because of Harlem and, and, and the community and, and the Apollo Theater uh, has played a, uh, a very important role in my career and, and, and for the, the public uh, listening outside of New York City you may not know. Uh, I've, I've, I have continued to be uh, at least at, at the galas for the Apollo Theater, an announcer over the last, uh, well, I don't know how many years. I mean, right. what, what birthday is it now? Because I think I, I, I also 88. did- 88. 88, because when, uh, for the, the- 85th? No, the 70th birthday when it was uh, Apollo, A Hot Night in Harlem. That uh, was, was with Percy Sutton. 
person. Right. So, so that was the yeah. So, so, so the seventieth birthday, I was I started out as the announcer, and now we're on the what 80, 88? 88. So right. So, what is that? That's eighteen years. Cheese right. and crackers. Okay, I, I I may have missed one or two years in there, but but you know for the most part. But anyway, opportunity is what uh, uh, the the uh, Apollo and, Theater is all about. And and talk about your educational program. Well, let me let more. me let me just say something since you referenced Bobby mm -hmm. Schiffman. Um, what many people may not know, uh, the Apollo is an, a not for profit, a five hundred one c three. But it was, um, you know, it was owned uh, privately uh, for many years. And so uh, the Schiffman family played a great role in um, the Apollo, uh, Frank Schiffman and um, Bobby, who is now in his 90s. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I talked to him about five years ago. Right. So he's and we have his son on the Apollo board. So oh, really, I think that's really great. And Percy Sutton, I think it's really important, um, who I think everybody must know who he is, but um, just a, an icon in the, um, the, the business community and, and Harlem and the African-American uh, consciousness. He um, you know, bought the, the Apollo out of bankruptcy. I mean, we could spend a whole hour on the history of the Apollo, but we're not gonna do that. And he really um, you know, brought the theater back um, but the reason it's a not-for-profit is that there are only 1,500 seats in the theater. So it was very difficult to compete with uh, the larger venues um, when things opened up and, 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 and um, the civil rights movement um, was successful in the sense that a lot of the Black artists who had no place to play but the Apollo in New York City and some of the other uh, theaters in the other boroughs um, were then able to go downtown and work at, you know, Radio City and some of the other theaters. Um, but anyway. That Madison uh, Square Garden. All those yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, I'm sorry. So what what you wanted to talk about our education program? Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about that, because that's very important. Yeah. Um, look, we the Apollo, I think that nonprofits um, have a real responsibility to the communities in which they're situated. The Apollo has always been um, a beacon for the community, um, you know, going all the way back to, um, you know, when it opened its doors. And it was very much present during the civil rights movement. Um, and so today, um, we think it's important that kids of color, young black people um, have the opportunity and the exposure to um, the, the our, our education program focuses on careers behind the scenes, not in front of the camera. Um, so we have an internship program, we have Apollo Theater Academy and under Apollo Theater Academy are a number of different um, uh, programs. So there's an internship program which um, you know, places the, the young people, we focus on kids who are um, you know, rising seniors or kids 11th grade and 12th grade. And so we expose them you know, if they're interested in um, you know, the tech and the production, they can work with um, you know, our, our tech team. Or if they're interested in um, 
you know, uh, uh, arts management. They are exposed to marketing. They're exposed to um, development, fundraising, all of these things, which help to shape, um, you know, what they what they're thinking about in terms of, you know, opportunities when they finish uh, high school and go to college, and then they come out. And we have a number of interns who went through the program and came back um, and worked, you know, part time, and then became actually uh, full time staff, which I think is wonderful. We have a young producers club, and these are. Um, you know, most of them are people who went through the program and they come back and they actually work on um, productions at the Apollo, which is really great. Um, we, they, you know, the education team is amazing. It's, um, it's an incredible uh, group of, of people led by Shirley Taylor and they develop curriculum for the, um, you know, for schools uh, and for the teachers, they, 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 they hold um, workshops for the teachers because as we know, in the New York public uh, school system, uh, a lot of the arts programs have been decimated. There's just not enough being offered to our kids. And so um, this helps to supplement that. We have um, school day live uh, performances, like a number of the, performances that are on the Apollo stage um, are uh, performances where there's curriculum developed and, and, and young people have the opportunity to actually see the programs during the afternoon. And then, um, you know, we, we also go into the public schools and offer, um, you know, uh, fun kind of, I won't say master classes, but to talk to them about various aspects of of, of the Apollo and entertainment, seen through the context and, 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 and visiting um, or talking about um, history, our history seen through the lens of Harlem and the Apollo. That is a beautiful uh, program. And I'm so glad that you had a chance to, to talk about it extensively. We're gonna take a short break right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we're with uh, Ms. Janelle Prokop, uh, the head of the Apollo, CEO and president, and we'll be right back with more about fundraising. Let's, we'll, we'll talk about fundraising, how important that is to the Apollo. But uh, remember now, you can uh, download us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and also we're on uh, Apple TV, Roku, Android TV, and Am Amazon Fire. What's hot? Harlem America. Search for Harlem America. We'll be right back. The home of Glasso Smart Water is Harlem America. Harlem America, the home of Coca-Cola Zero. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something that you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint at heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480 553 7-4-1 today. 
You're listening to Harlem America. I love it a lot. For entertainment. Check it out. Check it out. Empowerment and health and wellness. Harlem America. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Well, thank you so very, very much there, Kevin Bernay. Uh, we want to talk about the importance of uh, operating the Apollo, but you can't do that without funds. And so how important is it to get out and, 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 and raise funds? And uh, what do you do with that money? Well, um, I was saying before, the Apollo is a not-for-profit. We're not a commercial venue. We don't, um, we aren't able to depend on box office, you know, ticket sales. Um, we're, we're currently looking at our fiscal um, 23 budget and it'll probably be around 17 million. Um, as with all, well, most not-for-profits, um, you know, we, the, the majority of the revenue, I would say, and particularly because of COVID, mm-hmm. we raised 70% of that, um, that is through fundraising. So you can, and, and so my development team is a really important, um, you know, part of the, 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 the organizational structure. So we have great um, uh, support in the corporate uh, philanthropy sector, um, also foundations. And then, um, you know, we look for individual major gifts, major donors. Um, We've had a lot of success with um, corporate and foundation support. Mm -hmm. The Apollo's been around, as we were saying, for like 88 years, but it's a baby in terms of being a not-for-profit and raising money. And so I would say that it's really only been in the last 10 years that we've been able to really go at it and be very strategic about fundraising. Um, So the reason I, I point out that we're very young um, when it comes to that is that uh, individual support is crucial to fundraising. Like we don't want to just be, um, you know, reliant on uh, corporate and foundation support. We would like to have individuals um, support. So that's a process. It's it means um, cultivating individuals, bringing them into um, the Apollo fold and exposing them to uh, what's going on to our programming and um, the kinds of programmatic initiatives we have so that they want to support the Apollo, just like in the majority organizations like the Met or, you know, um, a lot of the other larger organizations, they have substantial individual support, you know, uh, people writing humongous seven figure checks. I don't have that. And when you look at the, um, the data about uh, fundraising and the amount that um, minority institutions or institutions led by people of color 
it is there is such you know disparity there. It's it's a very low percentage. So um, it's important that our community um, understands the significance of it. And also, I just feel like you know the Apollo is an iconic institution. I mean, there are a number of others, obviously, but I think that our community, the broad community, I don't just mean Harlem, but I mean nationally should want to support our institutions um, because if not us, who? So right. um, I think it's, it's, it's really, really important. So for example, and I have to say during the pandemic, you know, we, sh we, we were shuttered um, right around now or really like March 16th, 2020. And um, we were on our way to having an amazing uh, year. And all of a sudden we had to cancel everything and our revenue, we went from, you know, being able to end the year with a, with a pretty substantial surplus to uh, looking at a deficit. Mm. And I would say I have an amazing board um, and it's led by Charles Phillips, uh, who is, um, you know, pretty well known in the, in the tech um, industry. Um, and Dick was our chairman, you know, for 20 years. So he's still on the board. And, um, and then I have an amazing team, I have to say, at the Apollo. I think that is really important. So with the guidance of the board and, and my team, you know, really rallying, we were able to pivot. And in the fundraising context, we aggressively went out to, to fundraise and were able to make up, I, I, I can't even believe it today, um, you know, the difference in, in, in the money that we were going to be losing. And then um, I have to say, Keith, and I think many uh, cultural organizations um, had this same experience, but I must say that the philanthropic community really stepped up. They understood that, um, you know, these organizations were in jeopardy, that if we didn't get this funding, um, we were going to go out of business. So um, the Ford Foundation under um, Darren Walker's leadership um, gave us a, a, a significant um, um, grant, as they did for a number of other uh, minority organizations. Um, and people who supported the Apollo realized, look, if I'm supporting you, then I need to step up at this time. This is the time when you need us. And then the federal government, it actually worked for us um, uh -huh. and others. You know, really, uh, they, they, you know, the infusion of that money helped us to bridge um, the time when we weren't, we had no revenue. So we're gradually coming back. But, you know, if I could get to, like I said, it's like 70% um, contributed revenue and 30% of the budget is earned. Um, you know, we're trying to, if I could do 60, 40, I would, um, I'd be very happy with that. And we all know that, um, there's a lot of untapped equity in the Apollo brand. So we are now looking at, um, opportunities to, uh, focus on, uh, projects, that will uh, create additional revenue streams, but that's a building process. Nothing happens overnight. Right. So if you say I want to, you know, look at 
creating, um, you know, a, 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 something that can be streamed or, you know, going back on in broadcast or whatever. That takes time. And I know you know that too. Um, oh, sure. you know, it's not something you say you want to do and then it happens uh, like in a year or two years. That's a, that's a long-term process. I mean, obviously there are um, some shorter term, uh, like merchandising, shorter term, um, you know, plays that you can do that will create revenue. So we're looking at all of those things, all of those well, things. Well, you know, uh, we here at Harlem America, what we provide for our special guests, we provide a brand support page. So on your brand support page will be your podcast, but also any um, um, videos or ads or anything uh, for fundraising or anything like that that you want to post so that people will, when they come to listen to your podcast, they'll see the link to this or that, and they'll be able to uh, support you. Uh, yeah, and, 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 and aside from that, uh, as your friend, but also uh, as a, uh, a media uh, owner, uh, anything that Harlem America Digital Network can do to help support the Apollo Theater, uh, just let us know. Okay. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. Um, you know, as I said before, the Harlem community um, means so much to us. And we, we do feel that we have to be mindful and give back in any way we can. So we do have a number of uh, community initiatives. But, you know, this new space at the Victoria, uh, when it was built, uh, it's it's still being built. It it, it it you know COVID impacted the progress, but like I said, we will be operating the cultural spaces, and we felt like 99 seat theater 199 is allowing us to be more expansive in the programming. But more importantly, um, we want to provide access to some of the smaller cultural organizations or artists or collectives in the Harlem cultural ecosystem. The young, the, the smaller organizations really got impacted um, by COVID. And so um, when we looked at the numbers, what it costs to operate that, we realized that, um, you know, a lot of these organizations would not be able to afford to access the space. Right. And so we are rolling out a uh, culture forward, which is an initiative which mm. um, would provide subsidies for these art for these organizations to access the space and use some of the space that we have. There's office space there or will be um, to work on 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 things. And I, I think that's really important. Um, you know, and we do things like we're, we try to subsidize tickets so that, people in our um, Harlem community can, can come to experience Apollo programming. And um, I just wanna say that there are two things that we have that started back actually in January, um, the Apollo Music Cafe and the Apollo Comedy Club. And this, these two things are take place once a month um, on Friday and Saturday. And they are in, they're in, they're on our sound stage, which is the third floor. But it's a smaller, obviously, a smaller venue with very intimate performances. And it focuses on artists who are music musicians who are kind of under the radar, but have a following. And um, 
and the same with the Apollo Comedy Club. And I wanted the vision for that was it for it to be some place where, you know, somebody might say, oh, it's Friday. What are we going to do? Let's go over to the music cafe. Um, and so I really want the community to own it and feel like this is something that that they can do. Um, and I'm so I'm so excited just about the energy um, in the Harlem community. There's so much going on and the Apollo, you know, I want is a part of it. And, and there should be many offerings like they are in other communities for the residents. For sure, for sure. Well, we, we've got about two and a half minutes. Uh, we're winding down. This has been so great, so magnificent to have you here. I, I have to ask you this though, in all of your success, have you, what sacrifices have you made to get to where you are now in your career? Any sacrifices you had to make? Well, I mean, you know, working, um, look, this, as I said in the beginning, um, this opportunity was a gift. Um, it, it completed me. So, um, you know, it, it was a special opportunity. And I know that everyone doesn't always get to do something that they consider special. Um, the Apollo is iconic and deserved to be. So I think I didn't really make sacrifices, but it was hard in the beginning. I mean, we didn't have resources. I didn't have a great, you know, I didn't have people in the important positions in the beginning. We didn't have all of that. So it's been a building process. In some ways, it seems like a long time. In other ways, it seems like a snap. So um, just the help and support of... Um, a wonderful team, a great board, and friends um, helped me to get where we're going. And, and there's more to come. So that's Beautiful. what I would say. Well, well, now we're down to maybe about a minute or so. Let everyone know when the, uh, the gala is okay. and, and, and how they can both buy okay. tickets and stuff. Thank you for asking, Keith. Um, the Apollo Spring Benefit is um, the Apollo's primary fundraiser. It's on June the 13th. Um, this year, we will be honoring Tyler Perry. Um, you can go to apollotheater.org, go on the website and, and get information. Uh, the formal notice hasn't gone out, but the save the date has gone out. So save the date. And please, um, we'd love for everyone <laughs> to come and support us. Beautiful. Well, Janelle Procope, my friend, this has been a wonderful experience for me. And we're going to get you over to Turo University, which Love is right it. across the street from the Apollo. Uh, the, the, the folks over at Turo, they've been, you know, excited about uh, being across the street from the Apollo. And I, I remember there was a year that I, I, uh, I took, um, oh, when I did you the- do Oprah their graduations. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You do the graduations. Yeah, the, that's right. Turo University's graduations are at the Apollo Theater. So, right. ladies and gentlemen, thank you all very much for tuning in to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. We're here every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern, and uh, we look forward to having you join us again. And uh, Janelle, once again, thank you so very, very, very much. And give everybody, Camilla and uh, Billy and, and Ade, all of them, tell them hello for me. And uh, I will talk to you again okay. soon. Love have it. A, have a great and day and a better one tomorrow. Right. Yes, that's okay. right. Have a great day and a better one tomorrow, everybody. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. We'll be back next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. in New York on the Voice America Variety Channel and the Harlem America Digital Network. Thank you for listening.